You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. The Atlanta Falcons beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Monday night. And with that win, they eliminate Green Bay from playoff contention. That means the Packers season beyond Week 17 is officially over. And after the Packers signed Joe Callahan back onto the roster on Monday, that was the precursor to Aaron Rodgers' season being over. And... So that means Brett Hundley is going to start against Minnesota in all likelihood. This information may or may not have been made official and public by the time that you're listening to this on Tuesday, but Aaron Rodgers' season is over. The Packers' season is over, and Brett Hundley is back. He will finish, presumably, the last two games of the Packers' season. And that's not the important part here. Green Bay's season is over. For all intents and purposes, their their playoff streak will end at 8, and they will not have a chance to tie the Patriots for the longest active streak, and that's obviously not what you wanted coming into the year. That goes without saying. The, The bigger question to me now is what you do. Does Ted Thompson say it's time to to make a change? Is it an Andy Reid or a Tony Dungy situation where the Packers need a new voice in the locker room? I don't know. I don't know the answer. Here's my guess. Well, let's do this. I'll tell you what I think will happen, and then let me tell you what I think I would do if I were in charge. So here's what I think will happen. First and foremost, Dom Capers is out. And whether the Packers are able to convince him to say, I'm going to retire or I'm moving on or whatever, irrelevant. I think the defensive coordinator for the Packers will not be Dom Capers in 2018. Could it be Joe Witt? Could it be Winston Moss? Could it be Mike Turgovac? I think all three of them would be capable defensive coordinators, and I think they would be upgrades over Dom Capers. My preference would be a new... Defensive coordinator entirely, I think you need a revamp. And I understand that those guys, the the names that I just mentioned, those are quality assistants. You don't want to just watch walk out the door. But at the same time, there has to be some sort of change. I mentioned it yesterday. If, If Mike McCarthy can't hold Dom Capers accountable, then how can he hold his players accountable? And that's an important question that that he'll have to answer moving forward. And... Dom Capers just has to be out. Now, the bigger question for Ted Thompson is, is does Mike McCarthy need to be out? Now, I personally would not make a change. 
because McCarthy with Rodgers has proven to be a, a formidable duo at the very least. And I think moving forward, that kind of pairing can be great. Do I think someone like Josh McDaniels would would be better? Hmm. Yeah, I do. Now, does that necessitate a move? Maybe. I don't think it's something that will happen. I don't think it's at all likely. I think the the chances of it happening are in the sort of, you know, like 5% range. But I would, I would again, welcome it, the wrong phrase, but, but maybe it is time for a change. I don't know. I don't know. I think the fact that this season ultimately will be viewed as a failure in the eyes of the administration in Green Bay has to necessitate changes. If you're a team like Green Bay and you make the playoffs for, you know, almost a decade straight, you have to view this season and say, okay, if we can't make the playoffs, why? And obviously the Aaron Rodgers injury is going to play a huge factor. But then you look at the Minnesota Vikings, a team that's going to go to the playoffs, has clinched a playoff berth with Case Keenum and quarterback and, th- and say, well, why not us? Why don't we have that roster? Why can't we have that kind of success? And the number one answer is because the defense isn't good enough. The Minnesota defense is outstanding. It's one of the best in football. And I think the top reason why the defense isn't great is because Dom Capers is no longer capable of leading a top-tier unit. It's just there's too much evidence to suggest he can't be the guy for this team to move forward with him as the defensive coordinator. That's just that's just the reality. I don't know I don't know what the argument is against that. And what if McCarthy says I want to ro- I want to run it back? Does Ted Thompson push back? Does he say, "Look, either you make a change or we're going to make a change." I don't think Ted Thompson would do that. And and frankly, I don't think Mike McCarthy would do that, but but that doesn't mean that that those are impossible and it doesn't mean that that's not the right thing to do. That doesn't mean that's not the right way to handle this circumstance. This is still Expert Tuesday and we still will have opponent Wednesday. Eric Edholm from Pro Football Weekly is going to join the program today. Arif Hassan is going to join the program tomorrow to talk about the Minnesota Vikings and I, and I understand this is going to be a tough week for Packers fans. It's going to be a tough week for them to stay engaged. They're playing an opponent who is clearly better with a quarterback who is clearly inferior to the guy that we would all like to see start, but it's still an important game for the development of Brett Hundley. It's still an important game for the evaluation of this team, particularly the futures of, of guys like Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. And it's something that we have to discuss. We have to move forward. This has to be a continued effort on our part. We have to move forward. We have to get we have to get to the point where we can say, okay, now what? How can the Packers get better? What do they need to do? to be a Super Bowl team. And I talk about this with Eric. Maybe it's the case that they are just behind talent-wise or coaching-wise or whatever it is. And maybe this season is exactly what they needed to make the necessary changes to put them back squarely in contention every year. It's easy to forget that last year they were in the NFC title game because they got destroyed and injuries played an enormous factor in that game. But 
They were in the NFC title game just a year ago. And they were in the NFC title game in 2014, which was the year after Aaron Rodgers last suffered this kind of injury. He came back after that 2013 season in which he got hurt. And he had a 2014 season that earned him the NFL MVP. The Packers went to the NFC title game and were 16 different ridiculous bounces away. And and Aaron Rodgers playing on one leg away from a Super Bowl trip at the very least and potentially a Super Bowl title. That's certainly not a guarantee that 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 means that that's what 2018 holds for this team, but maybe this is the kind of injection of life Green Bay needs to make the changes necessary to put them in a position to compete in the in the twilight of Rodgers' career. Now Rodgers is still not an old player by NFL standards in terms of quarterback positions. You look at Drew Brees, you look at Tom Brady, those guys, late 30s, early 40s. I mean, Tom Brady's 40, and he's going to be the MVP. If Rodgers can can play at least that long, we're talking about five, six, seven years still, that he can be a top-tier quarterback, which means the Packers still have a window to win a Super Bowl or two, but that also means understanding what they have to do to get there. They cannot stay on this path and win a Super Bowl. The rest of the NFC is is has just gotten better. The Rams have taken too big a step. The Eagles have taken too big a step. The Vikings have taken too big a step to just say, well, Aaron Rodgers is is capable of of just willing this team to a Super Bowl. Maybe but that's not good enough. That's not enough anymore. It's just not. And so they need to figure out, Mark Murphy, Ted Thompson, Mike McCarthy, they need to figure out how they can get to that next step. How they can push this team forward. And speaking of pushing a team forward, you can push your team forward, your fantasy team in particular forward, with a subscription to Pro Football Focus Edge. You can win one of those subscriptions. It's a $39.99 value. And all you need to do to enter is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. Winning the contest means a a $39.99 value. That's the subscription cost to, to get mountains of data, player reviews, grades, tools, charts, NFL draft data, all sorts of college Info that you cannot get anywhere else. And all you need to do to get that info is put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast with a five-star review, preferably, on iTunes. All right, it's time to get to Eric Edholm. He is a writer for Pro Football Weekly, formerly of Yahoo Sports, formerly of FanRag Sports, my colleague there. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore Ed Holm, H-O-L-M. He is a, a terrific writer, columnist, reporter. He is a, a great follower on draft season, which, which frankly, Packers fans need to get into soon. So let's get into our conversation with Eric Ed Holm talking Aaron Rodgers, talking Green Bay Packers, and talking their place in the NFC. Thanks for joining Lockdown Packers. Everything's good, man. Appreciate you having me. It's uh, 
you know, we're getting deep into the season here. Everyone's still a little fatigued, but uh, it's just still an exciting time. and a lot going on. Yeah, Players are not the only ones playing hurt at this point in the year. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, I've, I think I've written the same story about uh, 311 times, <laughs> just with slightly different words. So I'm, I'm, I'm powering through it. My hands hurt. My brain hurts. You know, it's all, it's all a little sore. Yeah, I, I, uh, I totally feel you. There is, there is definitely fatigue at this point in the season. We are all ready for the playoffs to start, and unfortunately, for the Packers, that that looks like a pipe dream. Uh, and it, it is not something that I think a lot of, a lot of, not just Packer fans, but more, uh, objective observers did not expect to be saying after the return of Aaron Rodgers, were you surprised at the level of play that we saw from Rodgers on Sunday against Carolina? You know, it was hard to know exactly. Obviously we got really vague, you know, information before the game about where he was. Obviously there was a lot, you know, you heard McCarthy say, I'm going to let her, let him rip it. And, you know, things like that. And, and I couldn't help but go back to that week 17 game. I was there, you know, in 2013 season, I think, um, yep. when he was com- coming back for a similar injury, different side, of course, but, you know, really, he didn't play an amazing game. He had a, he had an incredible final drive there and, and, and one very memorable play. Um, but otherwise it was an uneven performance. You know, it was obviously some, some moments in that game that, that looked like the old Aaron Rodgers. And I felt like Sunday was sort of a, a juiced up version of that. We saw some, some really good plays, some, some really nice throws, some old Aaron Rodgers flicks of the wrist. And then we saw, of course, some underthrown balls and, and some passes that, you know, we're not used to uh, seeing him make. So I guess it came in maybe just a little more volume, <laughs> you know, a little more good, a little more bad, but about where you you may have expected. Yeah, I don't think anyone would have predicted three interceptions. I mean, this is a guy that's that the last right. time he did this, you know, I, I was I had just graduated college, you know, like that. That's uh, that's a long time ago for for me. And so like that it was just not something that you would have expected to see. But it, one of the things that that makes Aaron different is he can do things. He can make throws that no one else can make. And yep. I think he I think he f- fully expected when he lets the ball go every time he does that that it's going to go where he thinks it's going to go. And it just seemed pretty clear to me that he was not 100% healthy because all three of the of the interceptions were underthrows and I've never seen yep. him underthrow three balls in a game in my life. Right. And, you know, some of that, I think, like you said, was probably him feeling he was back, you know, and and he probably had a lot of good days in his rehab, especially leading up to the game and, you know, probably mentally was in the right place and had kind of pictured what he could do against this this Panthers defense and kind of thinking with his pre-injury brain a little bit maybe. But you're right, the underthrows were the ones that that surprised me the most and I think caught everybody off guard and, and so yeah, I mean the three picks. What you, what did you say? It was 2009 or something. Yeah. The last time he had that many game. I don't think he ever threw more than that in a game. So we're talking about a guy that never does that. But you're right. It was almost like he didn't believe the first one, you know. And so that that led to a couple more underthrows <laughs> yeah. in those balls. So pretty interesting. This I think to me at least now, you know, a little bit more time removed from what we saw on Sunday. Uh, the more I've thought about it, the more that I that I, and especially after watching the Vikings just take the Bengals apart, I started to think, is it possible 
that even this version, if Aaron Rodgers is 100% healthy, given the Packers where they are with injuries, you know, Brian Bulaga out for the year, Kevin King on IR, Devon House hurt, maybe the Vikings were always just the best team this year. And and I think you have to you have to look at their season and just go, man, they're really, really good, which is weird to say about a team that employs Case Keenum as its starting quarterback, but here we are. <laughs> Right, and one that lost. You know, I really thought that, you know, not that I didn't, you know, like, oh, yeah, I could see this, this Keenum thing coming. Of course not. But I kind of felt like, all right, Thielen's good. Diggs is good. Rudolph is having a little bit of a bounce, you know, or not a bounce back, but, I mean, a couple of years now where he's been really competitive and good. To me, the Dalvin Cook injury, I thought, was, was when they were going to go south. I really yeah. did. I knew the defense was there. And, oh, man, that, that one was – how they were able to replace him surprised me the most, I guess. So, yes, Bradford, you know, obviously not having Bridgewater in time and everything. But the Cook injury on top of that, I thought, oh, there's no way. <laughs> you don't have enough. But they've been so good. And, and, you know, a couple little blips here and there. You know, you lose that Carolina, no shame there. You know, even looking back to the Pittsburgh loss, God, it was Keenan's first start. And they've just been consistently good across the board. I mean, yeah. I think, what, three teams have scored more than 17 points against them, maybe four, I guess. So it, it's just been one of those teams that top to bottom looks like it doesn't have a, a glaring weakness, and, and maybe that was always the case. Well, and, and if you're a Packers fan, you look at that Vikings team and you think, they get Dalvin Cook back next year, how are they not better than we are? And, and that's, the, that's the scary thing if you're the Packers, because even if Rodgers is healthy, even if Kevin King comes back and – and he would probably have to take a leap. And you'd, you'd want Josh Jones to take a leap. And you'd hope that you're running backs. But, you know, where is Jordy Nelson in his development at this point? Because, frankly, over the last month or two, he's looked pretty close to washed. And I don't say that lightly as someone who has has championed Jordy Nelson as an underrated player for most of his career. But it really is hard to look at the Vikings and not feel like they're just a better team right now from top to bottom if you just exclude the fact that Case Keenum is their quarterback and Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback in Green Bay. Right. And, you know, obviously the Packers have some big decisions to make at receiver with all the money they have invested and with with Adams' contract situation being fascinating. You know, it, it, something will get solved there, obviously, uh, so it's hard to project exactly what. But, yeah, right now if I had to guess there was somebody who was – it's more expendable. It would be Nelson and that big number and, and the age and, uh, uh, you know, the law of diminishing returns on his, uh, his production, whether it's suddenly related or not. Sunday was a good reminder that, boy, he's, he's not, maybe not separating the way he used to. So, yeah. And then on the flip side, as you pointed out, I mean, you know, I, I look at this Vikings team as being pretty built to last. They have some contract issues of their own. Obviously they have to figure out chiefly at quarterback, right? I mean, yep. Keenum, Bridgewater, Brad Bradford, <laughs> you know, who you, who you re-signed. I don't think you can let Keenum go at this point, but fascinating deal there. And I think you're right. I think for the most part, they are set up to look very good for the future. I mean, I think they have a lot of, you know, not just Cook, obviously, but there's a lot of good stuff pretty much across the board. Um, I still think there's areas they can improve, but the way they fix their offensive line is commendable. You know, the defense has been great. It's a fun team. It really is, and I, you know, that that's hard for for Packer fans to to live with and deal with and and accept. But man, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, I mean, those guys look great. I, I think 
I think at this point you have to say that that the best white receiver in the NFL does not play in Green Bay anymore. Uh, oh man, I'd even think about that debate. That's a good call, right? I mean, we'd have to, you know, with with Edelman out, with you know, the the the, the landscape among white receivers has changed. Cooper Cup enters the league and has some nice moments. So yeah, that that we should do a power ranking of of the white receivers. Uh, with Jordy Nelson, where he is in his career, and with Edelman coming off the injury for next year. I, th- I, th- man, I think Thielen has to be number one. And we'll get back to the interview with Eric in just a second. But before we do, I want to remind you about the Locked on Vikings podcast. The Packers playoff hopes have been dashed, but the Vikings remain very much alive. Get their perspective on the Packers game this week. This is This is obviously a weird situation for them because they're used to this being reversed. The Packers in Week 16 are are playing for playoff positioning only, and the Vikings are just playing for pride. Well, the reverse is true this week. I'll be on the show this week, so stay locked on Vikings. I know it hurts, but check out that show this week. The thing that the Packers have to to undertake if you're Ted Thompson is... Are have they gotten to the point with Mike McCarthy that the Eagles got to with Andy Reid? And obviously McCarthy has a Super Bowl, so it's a little bit different. But at what point do they need a different voice in the room? And at what point is is the defense spo- spoiling the career of one of the all-time greats? And, and maybe the Packers decide, well, we, we can make a change at defensive coordinator and not at head coach. But, but I said something on Twitter the other day that that was if the Packers do decide that they want to move on from Mike McCarthy, which by the way, I don't think they will do that. They will be the most Mm -hmm. appealing job in the league. No meddling owner and Aaron Rodgers, and arguably the best fan base in the sport. What coach wouldn't want that opportunity. I have, I have advocated since about the beginning of last year for Josh McDaniels in green Bay. Yeah. But yep. if if you were going to put someone in that situation, first of all, do you agree with my assessment that it's probably the best job that could potentially come available, even if it's a long shot to do so? And and who do you think would be a good fit to take this team forward? Yeah, that's a lot to think about. You know, just sort of mentally rolling through the teams. I mean, there's an appealing fact about all of them, I think, or most of them. Sure. Uh, but then there's also a drawback, right? I mean, hey, if Andrew Luck's back, that, you know, weak division, who knows? You know, Chris Bauer's well-respected, blah, blah, blah. But ownership, Luck's health, whatever. New York Giants, we know the ups and downs there, whether it's, uh, you know, Eli's future and overpaid defense, whatever it may be. The Browns, hey, look, boatload of draft picks, lots of young talent, no quarterback, terrible owner, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's not that the Packers don't have drawbacks. It's just that there's so many appealing things about it, All the, which you just mentioned. Yeah, I, I think, barring an unforeseen move, something really unexpected or, or out of the blue, I think you would have to say that job would vault to number one on the list. And it's going to be a long list. I mean, there's going to be, oh yeah, you know, there are two or three situations right now that, you know, that I'm monitoring very closely that, you know, are kind of 50-50. And if half of – of the maybe three or four, we could have eight or nine moves. I don't think it'll be quite that many, but I don't know, you know? So yeah, they would probably be at the top of that list to your other point. I mean, my thinking is McCarthy stays and I, I think Doc Taper stays. I, I guess I just think that McCarthy has had 
so many opportunities to get rid of him before. Uh, he hasn't, and he's you know he's been largely pretty loyal, I think, throughout his career for the most part. And you have really, I don't know, you have to replace him with somebody you trust and know, whether that's in-house with Joe Witt or, or Vincent Moss or whoever. But, I mean, I guess I just don't feel like they're going to stick with him and that McCarthy probably feels the lack of talent more than it is a coaching issue. Yeah, and, and I, I guess I understand if he feels that way. I don't personally feel yeah. that way. I look at a team like Cincinnati and I say they're not more talented than the Packers, but they have objectively a better defense. And so why is that? Mm-hmm. And then so you need to look at the systemic issues of it. And, and you know, a lot of Packer fans, they the, one of the reasons they want Ted Thompson gone is because this defense underperforms. And I actually think there's a case to be made that the fact that guys like Casey Hayward and Micah Hyde have had success outside of Green Bay is, is a larger indictment yeah. of Dom Capers than it is of Ted Thompson because the value relative to how Capers is going to use them is actually the problem. And and Ted Thompson understands that. Maybe I'm being too, uh, you know, maybe I'm being naive. Maybe I'm being, uh, you know, too apologetic for Ted Thompson, but that's, that's sort of how I feel about it. My, my solution is that when Chicago goes through its inevitable overhaul is saying, Hey, Hey, Vic Fangio, you want to come win a ship? Because we can do it in Green Bay uh-huh. if you run our defense, but I I think what will happen there is is Ryan Pace will say, John Fox, you got to go. We want to bring in a young offensive mind. The name that I've thrown out there a bunch is Matt Nagy from Kansas City, and that they will they will try yep. and do what the Rams did, and bring in an experienced defensive coordinator, which they already have. So if they could bring in Matt Nagy and keep Vic Fangio. That would be a coup for them because the the defense is obviously the best part of Chicago. I think that would be great for the Bears, and it would be a bummer for the Packers because Fangio runs the three four. He has experience as as a successful defensive coordinator at multiple stops. Now he would just certainly be an upgrade over Dom Capers. It's just I don't know if that's a move that Green Bay be willing to make. Yeah, it's it's a great point. And being here in Chicago as I am and, you know, this year spending a little more time around the Bears than I have in past years and, you know, just talking to some people behind the scenes and, and even in front of the scenes. I mean, Vic Fangio is pretty darn respected around here. Yeah. And that there's, you know, there are people here campaigning for him to get the head coaching job, right? And obviously that formula you talked about, whether it's, you know, Matt Nagy from the from the Kansas City Chiefs, whether it's John Filippo from the Eagles, right. whether it's Matt LaFleur from the L.A. Rams, that that type of coach, everyone will, you know, we, we want the next Sean McVay. We're not afraid to hire somebody young, whatever, under 40. That would be about as polar opposite from John Fox, the old school defensive <laughs> coach you could get. Yep. But, you know, I, I don't know. This is tricky for me because I don't want to say – too much or I don't want to say more than I'm doing a little bit of dot connecting here. I've gotten the feeling that, that Vic won't be back at Chicago. And I think that would apply to, you know, we, we pretty much know Fox is gone. Okay, fine. I don't think he is a head coaching candidate here. I think he would be interested in listening in head coaching opportunities. And by the way, he deserves one because he's been a really good defensive coach for a long time. Yeah. He's just one of those like meat and potatoes guys. I don't think he'd be great in front of the media, but it's not bad. I mean, I hear him talk every week. I, I should say it every week, every other week I'm, I'm at house hall. So I hear Vic talk a lot 
And, you know, he's not excitable at all. I mean, that's fine. It doesn't matter. But, you know, I sort of get the idea that, that Ryan Pace puts a tiny bit of value in that. I don't know. I could be wrong with that. So the point is, would Fangio stay? I think you'd have to make him the highest paid DC in the, in the, you know, in the NFL or something like that. I think you'd have to give him a really good deal. Um, and I don't know that he would accept it. The other guy you mentioned Cincinnati, I mean, Paul Gunther, you know, he's all of a sudden going to be out of work. And, uh, you know, there are people who think he should have replaced Marvin in, in Cincinnati. So maybe that's a plan B for green Bay. I don't know. I mean, we're just throwing ideas. I know, but, those are two guys who, even if Gunther doesn't necessarily have the the, the three four experience, dude can coach, and I and I I really believe it, and and enough people I tr- trust and put, you know respect think the same. And his visor game is just impeccable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got to mention the visor game. I think that would go over very well in Green Bay. Mike McCarthy would be like, dude, what are you doing? What is? <laughs> Eric, where can people uh, find more of your work? Uh, yeah, profootballweekly.com. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of covering all 32 these days, spend a little extra time on the bears. So we're owned by Shaw media who has a, a lot of papers in Illinois, but I'm up in green Bay once in a while, do some Packers stuff. Cause they're always in the news and, uh, do plenty of stuff on the other teams as well. And we're cranking up a little draft stuff here pretty soon and going down to mobile and the combine and all that. And got the super bowl before. So we got a lot on our plates these days. Outstanding. I appreciate you joining the show, and uh, we'll see you down the road. You got it, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I want to thank Eric again for joining Locked on Packers. His insight is always appreciated. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore Ed Home. Find his writing at Pro Football Weekly. He does a terrific job. They do a terrific job. There's there's just a wealth of, of great information at that site. So make that a part of your NFL diet. And I hope you'll continue to make Locked on Packers part of your NFL diet. I know it's tough. This has been a brutal season for so many reasons. Injuries around Aaron Rodgers and including Aaron Rodgers. It's been tough. It really has. But this is a vital offseason for Green Bay. And there's two weeks left in the regular season. There's going to be, there's going to be important evaluations that we have to have here. Important decisions that have to get made on players like Clay Matthews, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Morgan Burnett, etc. And so we're going to use these games to discuss where Green Bay goes from here. It's a pivotal stretch of games and it is an important offseason for Green Bay to figure out how they can move forward and, and maximize the years they have left with Aaron Rodgers. The odds of them going from Favre to Aaron Rodgers, to uh, any comparable quarterback, even in the same sphere, is pretty low. So they need to maximize these games and these seasons while they have the chance. So we're going to talk about how they can do that, what players they can go after, how they can approach this offseason to get better. And I hope you'll come along for that journey. There's two games left in the regular season. Even if Green Bay's season ends after week 17, I know it's the first time in basically a decade that that's true, but that means this is a great time for you to be a Locked On Packers subscriber. It's a great time for you to be a subscriber of my Twitter feed at Peter underscore Bukowski. It's a great time to subscribe to Locked On Packers at Locked On Packers because 
there's going to be very, very important discussions, critical and crucial discussions around the NFL draft, around the offseason, free agency, ways that Green Bay can get better to not waste prime and the twilight of Aaron Rodgers' career. He's still in his prime. Let's be clear. Don't overreact to Sunday. He was not healthy. The prime of Aaron Rodgers' career is still in front of him, especially if a guy like Tom Brady can play until he's 40-plus. Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to continue playing at a high level, at an MVP level. And so Ted Thompson and company has to find a way to surround him with better talent on offense and on defense. So we're going to talk about that and a lot more. And if you want that, and you do want that if you're a Packer fan, that means you need to stay locked on Packers.